You're listening to the 12 Days of Christmas on KFUO. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is time for a a look at another hymn of the Christmas season and excited to dig into a very special hymn today and a very special guest as well. Benjamin Kologi is a member of Faith Lutheran Church in Plano, Texas. He's a highly active church organist and composer and also a contributor to the Lutheran service book, Hymnal Companion, uh, one of our favorite hymn experts. We're excited to have him on today. Ben, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Thanks for having me. I said coffee hour. This is 12 Days of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the 12 Days of Christmas. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> uh, the, um, the, so during the 12 Days of Christmas, we're looking at hymns and uh, a special hymn. Pastor uh, Sean Denzer, our chaplain at the IC, helped us select some hymns for this season. And and this particular hymn today that we're going to look at um it's listed as 969 in Lutheran service book. And if you're pulling out your Lutheran service book, your pew edition, you're going to notice that it doesn't go up to 969. Um, So if you're a church musician, you might have a accompaniment edition, but it's also in the Lutheran hymnal 273 sweet flowerets of the martyr band is what we're taking a look at today. Um, So who to tell us about who's behind this hymn, who wrote this hymn? This hymn was written by uh, Aurelius Prudentius. He actually, this hymn is pretty interesting. It's one of the older hymns in the hymnal, and so you can probably tell by his name, Marcus Aurelius Clemens Prudentius, of his background because he was Roman. This was he lived in a the late fourth, early fifth century. He was actually um, he lived in the Iberian Peninsula, which is now Spain. He was a Roman official. Um, uh, a judge, actually. And we don't know much about him, um, as we don't know a lot from Christians of that time. You know, this. think about this time period. This was the fall of the Roman Empire happened around the 5th fifth, fifth century, um, the fall of the class, classical Roman Empire anyways. And this is Emperor Theodosius I in this century. He makes Christianity the uh, uh, official religion of Rome, which was kind of a mixed blessing. It sounds like a really good thing, but it was a mixed blessing. Nonetheless, uh, Prudentius was a Spanish judge, a nobleman, and late in his life, at the age of 57, we all, we know very little about him other than what he wrote as in a preface to actually where this uh, the manuscript from which this hymn is taken that's the only um, source we know about him. And he says at age 57, he gave up teaching, uh, being a judge, uh, working in the law, and he decided to devote himself to uh, God's work, to composing uh, sacred poems. And he he didn't, as far as we know, he didn't live a dissolute life beforehand, but he felt pangs of guilt, I suppose. And he thought that this would be a good time at age 57 to compose a verse. And this is what he did. Um, this hymn, Sweet Flowers of the Martyr Band, it's probably not one of you know our Lutheran top 10 favorites. But interestingly, <laughs> this comes from a very long epic poem, I think we might say, if you, if you remember back to high school, high school history and uh, literature class when you think of the, the ancient Romans and how you had this epic poetry. Uh, uh, Prudentius wrote in that style. And 
although this hymn is not all that familiar, it, it comes from the same volume that we get of the Father's Love Begotten, which was also written by Prudentius. And so he wrote this volume. Um, it was two... It was it was in a number of different sections. He he wrote them for the, the the hours. So he had poems for when you woke up in the morning, when before your first meal, before lunch, uh, during the lighting of the lamps in the evening time, before bed, uh, and then he has two sections: one devoted to Christmas and one devoted to Epiphany. And this hymn, "Sweet Flowers of the Martyr Band." comes from his epiphany uh, section of these, this poetry. And of the Father's Love Begotten comes from another section in the same volume. So that should tell us then the usage of this hymn. And it obviously the story, the story is, is of the holy innocence. And that's um, when uh, King Herod is tricked by the Magi or... He, he is upset by the Magi not returning to give him information about the whereabouts of Jesus, right? And uh, so he orders the execution of the young boys in Bethlehem. And uh, this is celebrated indeed during the Christmas season, December 28th. And this was uh, uh, Prudentius his uh, versification of this story, Sweet Flowers of the Martyr Band. And that obviously refers to these young boys who were killed. Uh, it's interesting to note, though, that this was not originally meant to be sung. He didn't write this as a sung hymn. He wrote it as a poem to, to be read. Uh, we, we, uh, in, we sing it now as a hymn, but that's, that's a much later usage. Uh, so that's a little bit of background on the writer and the hymn in general. There's so much history behind this hymn uh, and learning the the background of the hymn writers and how old some of our hymns are, especially this one and of the Father's Love Begotten. Uh, it, it really kind of drives home the point that that our hymnody just spans uh, centuries of the church, which is just so cool that we're singing hymns that were written so long ago uh, by by these people. What are some things to look at in this text uh, or, or things that stick out about this text? Right. Yeah, sweet flowers of the martyr band, plucked by the tyrant's ruthless hand upon the threshold of the morn like rosebuds by a tempest torn. So here Prudentius is telling us these, these are babies that have been born. They have seen the threshold of the morn. You know, they have seen the light of sun, but like rosebuds by a tempest torn. This is kind of a, a reference to uh, an, uh, classical antiquity and their uh, poetry. And uh, first victims for the incarnate Lord, a tender flock to feel the sword beside the altar's ruddy ray with palm and crown you seem to play. I, I think this is an interesting stanza. First victims, we have all these um, descriptions or metaphors. First victims, they're the tender flock um, that, uh, you know, these, these young children who haven't, uh, you know, witnessed the world, done anything yet, who, who are killed. Uh, but yet they achieve this palm and crown. And interestingly, that's that would have been in the ancient world 
a, a reference to victory, you know, palm and crown. Think back to the the ancient Olympics. You know, this is still a, um, a an iconic symbol of victory in the Olympics. And these these are children who have achieved the palm and crown. Uh, oh, oh, what availed King Herod's wrath? He could not stop the Savior's path. Alone while others murdered lay. In safety, Christ is born away. Well, I mean, I, I think here Prudentius is taking a little bit of liberty in the biblical text, which I should point out is from Matthew 2, 16 through 18. But we, we don't, we don't, I mean, Christ is born away to safety because of the dream of Joseph, which Prudentius doesn't necessarily acknowledge here. But uh, this, I, I also think this could reference Christ's redemptive death. Uh, in safety, Christ is born away. And this final stanza, you notice if you have your hymnal accompaniment edition with you, or if you're <laughs> if you're using Service Builder, it has that triangle by it, which of course tells you it's a doxology. It's a praise to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And interestingly, if you look at these old Latin hymns, they almost all I I, I really can say all, otherwise, I'm, but I'm sure there's an exception someplace, so I'll just qualify it by saying almost all. But they have this doxology at the end. Now, this particular doxology was not, we don't know where it came from. It doesn't come from the original poem uh, by Prudentius. But these hymns, remember, this was the time of of uh, the Council of Nicaea, which happened in 325, not much before this. And remember what what happened from the Council of Nicaea. It was very much a uh, um, a working out of what the Holy Spirit, uh, what uh, what the second person of the Trinity, who He was, who Christ was, born through the controversy of Arianism, which said Christ was not equal to um, God the Father and and uh, the Holy Spirit, and so these Latin hymns always end with the doxology that emphasize the unity of the Trinity, eternal praise to you, our King, with whom the Father we adore and Holy Spirit evermore. You find this too in the final stanza of, of the Father's love begotten. And um, again, most, if not all, of these Latin hymns in order to emphasize this, this orthodoxy that came from the uh, Council of Nicaea, that uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are com- comprised this Holy Trinity. Such uh, great teaching and beauty in the text. What about the tune for this hymn? Right. So that, that's interesting. I think sometimes we approach hymns and we think, we say, oh, I like a hymn. I, I like this hymn. And we're really talking about the tune. You know, we're not mm-hmm. really talking. <laughs> and yep. because because we, we sometimes conflate the text and tune and we think they just kind of go together. You know, we sing Amazing Grace to one tune. We can't imagine it any other way. Well, this, of course, we have no, as I mentioned, Prudentius didn't have a tune in mind. He didn't make this up to be to be sung and that only came later and this it came from this tune came from the 18th century century is a composer by the name of daniel fetter v-e-t-t-e-r and he was actually he actually lived in leipzig he was um lived a couple generations before bach and he composed this tune so the tune has nothing to do with the original text however I, I would say I think it's a fitting tune. If you think about if 
if you know anything about music, you can look through this and say, wow, all of these notes are quarter notes, except for two of them, two eighth notes. So it gives you this very stable, um, stately, but simple melody. And I think that's appropriate for what we're talking about. These young children, you know, it's it's not a dance like we don't think it's not a mighty fortress is our God, this dance like rhythm we have from Reformation chorales. This is something dum 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 something very calming and simple. And I think that that's appropriate, even though it was a, a later addition to this text. I think it really emphasizes the theology of the text. Mm -hmm. So this is obviously the story of the Holy Innocents. Is that the only time of the year that, that this uh, hymn would be sung? Um, I think so. I, I, in my own experience, I have only done this on Holy Innocents or New Year's sometime around, around that. Um, I think it is so tied to that experience, which the historical experience, which is so unpleasant. And if you have um, your Lutheran service book, Companion to the Hymns, and if you look this up, there, someone has done a literal translation. And if you read the literal translation, it is extremely graphic and unpleasant mm -hmm. from a Prudentious Latin text. This translation we have comes from Henry Baker in the 19th century, and he was one of the editors of hymnal, Hymns Ancient and Modern, that great Anglican uh, hymnal. Mm -hmm. And and he, this is not not so faithful to the Latin text, which is really quite uncomfortable. And I think perhaps the discomfort of this text, even the sanitized version that comes to us in this in the hymnal. Um, it's 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 a difficult historical event to sing about, I think. Thank you so much for your time today and for sharing the, the great history. Man, I learned so much history just in the short time that we've had together. Benjamin Kologi, member of Faith Lutheran Church in Plano, Texas, organist and composer and contributor to the Lutheran Service Book Hymnal Companion. Thanks so much for being our guest on these 12 Thank Days you. of Christmas. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. <laughs>